Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. Today I'm joined by Savina Yang. Hi, Savina. Hi. Hi, Amanda. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Hi, everyone listening to the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Savina is one of the very accomplished young lawyers who is part of my team at Lawyers Chambers. And this is the second time that Savina has been on the show. She first joined us for episode eight where we talked about the basics of bylaws, including some options for enforcement. And today, Savina's here to chat with me about something a little bit different, but it also involves bylaws. We're talking about how to increase the value of your strata unit by extending into common property. So the kinds of things that we are seeing are renovations where people moving into maybe the roof space that's above their unit. Now that's common property and they're wanting to extend up there and maybe create an attic space or some storage or if it's big enough and the the council allows it, they might even create some extra living space. People who extend out onto the common property landing or the stairwell, if you like, in old-fashioned buildings. There's a bit of space there that they can extend their front door out, even if it's just three square metres or something like that. People are catching on that, hey, that's usable space. It's usable for me. No one else is using it. And there's some value there if I'm able to rejig a door and some walls and have that space as part of my lot. So people are getting increasingly savvy about this and they're coming to us and wanting to know the options for how they can do this legally and how they get the owner's corporation's consent to make it happen. Now, Savina in particular, you're becoming, fast becoming an expert on these. You're doing a lot of them. So people can usually be put off by thinking it's a very complex process, Mm. but it's actually not that complicated, especially if you have a cooperative owner's corporation. And if the deal is structured properly, Mm. it's actually a win-win situation because where you as a lot owner will gain extra space, increase the value of your lot, and the owner's corporation will be able to use that money or consideration paid by you to fund upcoming projects. And that can benefit everyone in the building. I remember there was a case that we did a few years back where the lot owner wants to buy a little area of the common property from the owner's corporation for the purpose of turning that little area into a nursery, as she was expecting. And the owner's corporation was very happy to sell that little piece of area to her because, first of all, nobody else in the building had access to that area. Mm. And second of all, the owners' corporation wanted that money to do some works in order to comply with a fire order issued by the local council. So it's a win-win situation. Yeah, that's a really good example, particularly where the owners' corporation might have a pressing item like a fire order or some repair work, some rectification work to do, and they're pretty keen to get some money in the bank. Mm. And you want to, as a lot owner, increase the value of your lot and there can be a meeting of the minds there. 
So let's talk about the methods by which this can be achieved. And we're going to talk about two methods today. The first is by way of bylaw, an exclusive use bylaw that gives you the right to use part of the common property. And the second method that we're going to talk about is by way of a subdivision of the common property where you actually are purchasing part of the common property and it becomes part of your lot. Okay, so Savina, tell us about the option one, the option of an exclusive use bylaw. Yeah, so option one bylaw is actually a more cost-saving and less time-consuming option. Basically, it just means you need a bylaw to be specially resolved under Section 52 of the Strata Schemes Management Act. And this type of bylaw confers on you as a lot owner a right of exclusive use and enjoyment of a whole or any specified part of the common property. Now, it's important to remember that in order to make this bylaw, Section 52 specifically says that the owner's corporation needs written consent of the owner or owners of the lot or lots concerned. Now, this actually created a lot of difference in interpretation. Mm. A lot of people don't really understand what that means and whose consent does the owner's corporation needs. In 2002, there was a case named Young and the Owners SP 3529 where Justice Santo held that that means the written consent of the owners of lots which would be deprived of use of the common property if the bylaw were passed. So what he's saying is, say you have a garden and you as a lot owner has exclusive use to that particular garden, then your neighbours will be deprived. And based on Justice Santor, it meant you need to get written consent of your neighbours as they would be deprived of that exclusive use of the garden. But that was all changed in a 2012 case called James and the Owners Strata Plan Number 11478 Number 4, where the New South Wales Supreme Court held that the only written consent you need is actually you know, the consent from you as the lot owner who is getting the exclusive use. Mm. The new Strata Schemes Management Act 2015 that is actually due to coming at the end of this year is going to make this very clear. The particular section that I'm referring to is section 143. It actually specifically states that the only consent you need is from the owner of the lot who is getting the benefit of the exclusive use. Mm, And I'm really glad that they're making that clarification because I know there are lawyers who are still a little bit uncertain about this issue of consent Mm. under Section 52 of the Strata Schemes Management Act in New South Wales. And let me just, as an aside there, just say that we are talking about New South Wales legislation here. So just to be clear on that, for our our listeners who aren't in New South Wales, we do know that you're out there. (laughs) So the new Section 143 that's coming in with the new act at the end of this year, thankfully, is going to be very clear about the fact that the consent is for the owner of the lot who's getting the benefit, as Savina said, and we won't have any more uncertainty around that issue, which is great. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of the times, you know, us lawyers want to want our clients to act conservatively and the advice might be you need unanimous resolution and that might not be practical in a lot of the Mm, circumstances. By which you mean the consent of everybody, which is effectively a unanimous resolution, even though the section only says a special resolution. So, yeah, so the new law is making that absolutely clear. We are just talking about a special resolution and 
the consent of yourself as the owner of the lot who's getting the benefit. Yep. Now, also, in relation to a Section 52 bylaw, you need to be aware that the owner's corporation under the Strata Schemes Management Act, both existing and new, is allowed to set out specific conditions in the bylaw. And that means the honest corporation can ask you to pay for the privilege in the form of a license fee. And that could be paid as a once-off fee or by installments. This obligation should be set out in the bylaw very clearly. For example, it needs to say when you're paying that license fee and how much that license fee is and who you're going to pay it to. Yeah. Yeah, I have seen problems with exclusive use bylaws where the value of the exclusive use is quite high. So it's something like extending into a roof space or out into a a landing. And there has been confusion about how much the fee is for that benefit and when it should be paid and whether it's a recurring fee that's an annual fee that's to be paid by the owner of the lot, whoever that is, from time to time each year. And the confusion's arisen because the bylaw just isn't clear. So that's something that's really important. It's important to get these bylaws professionally drafted so that lawyers who are used to doing these things can cover off those issues and prevent dispute down the track. Exactly. And another feature of this bylaw is that it actually runs with the title. So it means if you're selling the property, this bylaw also binds the purchaser of your unit. Yep, good point. So, you know, unless you as the lot owner gives consent for the bylaw to be amended or revoked, that bylaw runs with the title. So it's very important that the bylaw should set out all these conditions very, very clearly. Mm. And just on that point about needing your consent to repeal the bylaw, you're probably planning to talk about this, Savina, but it's important to note that the bylaw can also be altered or repealed by an order from the strata schemes adjudicator. So if, for example, the owner's corporation says to you some years down the track, we don't like this bylaw anymore, we think it's unfair and unreasonable that you have this benefit, we want you to consent to the bylaw being repealed or being amended and you say, no, get lost, why should I? The owner's corporation can apply to the strata schemes adjudicator for an order, and that's under Section 158 of the current Act. And if the adjudicator finds that you have withheld your consent unreasonably, then the adjudicator can make an order that the bylaw be repealed or amended. So that's something to be aware of, particularly when you're comparing the two methods of Mm. using an area of common property. The bylaw method, whilst it might be quicker, cheaper, more straightforward, it is certainly a more uncertain because the owner's corporation does have the power to take that right away from you or attempt to take that right away from you. And an adjudicator has the power to order that it be taken away from you. So it's a little bit precarious, I think. Yep. Yep, definitely. Now, the second method that I will talk about is, as Amanda mentioned, the subdivision of common property. So In effect, this method means that that part of the common property becomes part of your lot. So in this transaction, what you need to do is you need to register a strata plan of subdivision. So once you register that, the subdivided property ceases to become common property and becomes a new lot. 
Now, at the same time of lodging the strata plan subdivision, you also need to lodge a transfer form. So what that does is it transfers the owners' corporation's interest in that new lot to you as the lot. Can now, I just say there, Savina, when you're talking about yeah. lodging, you're talking about lodging with the Department of Lands or as we call it in New South Wales, Land and Property Information or the yeah. LPI. That's right. Now, this process is more costly and lengthy than the bylaw path that we just talked about because, first of all, you need to have a contract for sale prepared and you enter into that contract with the owners' corporation. The proposed subdivision needs to be specially resolved by the owners' corporation and this is the same approval threshold as the Section 52 bylaw that we just mentioned. And also you need to have a proper valuation done so you know what the right purchase price or sale price is to be mm. put in the contract and you need to pay. The the purchaser needs to pay stamp duty on the contract and you also need the services of surveyor because the surveyor needs to draw up the plans and draw up a new schedule of unit entitlement. And also depending on the size of the common property that you're acquiring, you might also need to get council's approval. Mm. So those are the type of things you need to keep in mind when you're weighing up the pros and cons of both methods. Mm. So the method of actually purchasing a subdivided part of the common property is certainly Mm. more involved and more costly you, as Savina pointed out, you've got additional fees with valuers and surveyors, council, your legal fees are going to be higher, your strata manager is probably going to charge the owner's corporation additional fees for dealing with the matter. And it can take some time to get everything ready. I know in our experience, Savina, we've had some of these that drag out for months and months. Yeah. I hate to say some even years, but those mm. longer ones are generally where an owner's corporation is carving out part of the common property and selling it to a neighbour or some other external entity that for whatever reason those transactions seem to move a little bit slower. But having said that, there's certainly a benefit, I think, in purchasing a subdivided part of the common property rather than having an exclusive use bylaw. And that is, as Savina pointed out, that additional part of the property is then on your title. And compare that to a bylaw where the bylaw is simply giving you the right to use part of the common property. You don't actually own that part of the property. That's the key difference here. It's a more valuable right, certainly, but it's probably more expensive to gain. So the factors, I suppose, to weigh up. And something else to bear in mind, and we see protracted negotiations over this issue, the issue of price. So the owner's corporation is going to have an idea in its head of how much it thinks you should pay for that roof space or even floor space. I've, I've had some owners approach me in buildings where they're able to conduct renovations that give them an area in the floor space, which is pretty cool. Mm. The owner's corporation will have an idea of what that property is worth to them. And of course, you as the lot owner will have an idea of what it's worth. And we sometimes see situations where we have the battle of the valuers. The owner's corporation has their valuer and you have yours and each have very different ideas. So be prepared to enter into what can be some sticky negotiations. But if you are committed to the course and you are committed to increasing the value and even the amenity of your lot for the long term, then I definitely think that purchasing the common property through a subdivision process is the way to go. Yeah, okay. I agree. (laughs) Anything you want to add there, Savina, or do you think we've covered it? 
Just one more thing. I know earlier I said a lot of people can be put off by thinking it's a complex process, but we do encounter some people who think it's a very simple transaction. Mm. They think it's going to be a normal conveyancing matter and they enter into the transaction without knowing how long, you know, for example, a subdivision will take, how much it would cost, what what sort of professionals they need to engage. So it's very important that before you enter into any transaction, get proper advice from your lawyer, get proper advice from your surveyor, know what you're going to get yourself into so that you avoid any unnecessary expenses Mm -hmm. later down the track. So yeah. And I think it's good advice too to have a chat to your fellow owners about it. If you're on the committee, have a chat Mm. to your fellow committee members or find out who the committee members are and approach them and say, hey, this is something I'd like to do. What do you think? And just get the general lay of the land. It might be that the person who owned the unit before you had the same idea and for whatever reason it didn't work out. There might be some history there that you need to be Mm. aware of. Or you might be very well received and you have a chairperson or a secretary who says, fabulous, love the idea and we actually need an extra 20 grand at the moment because we've just been slapped with a fire order. So great timing, let's do it and let's do it quickly. So I think where we see these transactions run most smoothly is where you do have that cooperation from the owners corporation and they feel like they are getting a valuable benefit as well as you. Yeah, definitely. Okay, wonderful. Well, thanks for joining me again, Savina. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Can't wait to do this again. (laughs) I know. I can't hold you back. (laughs) We'll let someone else have a turn. Okay. (laughs) And thank you very much to our listeners. If you have questions about this process of extending into the common property to increase the value or the amenity of your lot, then please feel free to shoot them through to us. Place a comment in the comment section and either Savina or I or both of us will answer it for you and for the benefit of our other listeners who may well have the same question. Chat to you next time. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today?